I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. I'm up in the studio today with Kiera Taylor, a prolific author, educator, spiritual teacher, and thought leader. She has made her mark over the past 20 years as a dynamic, inspirationist, and life coach, speaking in venues both nationally and internationally. While Kiera is a native New Yorker, she resides in Atlanta and has recently published her fourth book, Audacity, Reclaiming the Self in Midlife. Her fifth book is soon to be released and is titled Spiritual Intelligence, Cultivating the Spiritual Genius Within. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and my name is Raheem Shabazz, and we welcome you to our broadcast today. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. The creators of Elementary Genocide Part 1, The School to Prison Pipeline, and Part 2, The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration present the third installment, Academic Holocaust. Each film produced, directed, and personally funded by writer Raheem Shabazz. Hollywood Chronicles says the documentary Elementary Genocide turns a critical eye towards the dehumanizing educational environment that criminalizes black and brown youth by funneling them from schools to prisons. As the third installment to the critically acclaimed series nears completion, we're looking to our legion of supporters to help us reach the finish line by making a donation today. If you've learned anything, shared any content, or have received any value from the Elementary Genocide brand, you're going to love Elementary Genocide 3, featuring the likes of Kaba Kemi, David Banner, Shahad Mazad Ali, Michael M. Hotep, and Professor James Small. To help spread this important message to the masses, visit elementarygenocide.com or search Elementary Genocide 3 on Indiegogo.com and make your contribution today. That's elementarygenocide.com or Indiegogo.com. If you're unable to donate, please share our cause with your family and friends. Get your haircut with the latest styles today at Man Cave Barber and Beauty Salon. We're located in the city of Marietta at 903. Roswell Street. Ask for Robbie. Robbie's our general manager of our barbershop. Again, that's Man Cave Barber and Beauty Salon, 903 Roswell Street in the beautiful city of Marietta, Georgia, where you can get all the latest cuts and styles, you know, so you can be looking fresh to death. Man Cave Barber and Beauty Salon. All right, we're back from our quick commercial break, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Kara Taylor, and we're going to discuss spiritual weapons for challenging time how you doing sis i'm well thank you i'm really glad to be here with you today all right we're not gonna waste no time we're gonna get right into it 
I want you to tell me what is the difference between a psychological, physical, and spiritual attack, and how can we as African people prevent it? Well, um, first I want to say that um, psychological, physical, and spiritual attack, the attacks that we are seeing, they are the result of oppression, uh, systematic um, oppression, racist uh, system that we find ourselves in. And uh, these attacks have been ongoing and uh, they all combine to keep us oppressed, to keep us depressed, to keep us suppressed. And it is a sad state of affairs. And so the greatest and the most severe attack that we suffer from is not any individually targeted demonic attack, but it is a systematic and strategically engineered oppression um, that targets us psychically and spiritually. And so we're dealing with this malevolent um, global force that has successfully harmed people of color globally. Um, It has denied us wages, poisoned our food and water, placed uh, drugs and lethal substances in our communities, and has kept us locked out of political and economic power structures. And so this is the attack that we're dealing with um, and uh, has left our communities in a spiritual deficit, really, and in mental enslavement. And so we're dealing with oppression. uh, And I think that is the first and foremost, uh, the attack that uh, we really do have to find ways to counter, find ways to overcome, find a way to use all of our spiritual weapons, you know, uh, are necessary uh, during this hour to overcome the onslaught that's against us. So you spoke about spiritual deficiency and oppression. In your humble opinion, do you believe that African spiritual systems, if practiced right, can prevent and combat mental illness? Yes, I absolutely do. The religious indoctrination that... uh, we have been given, most uh, black Americans have been given an indoctrination um, that is Eurocentric. And uh, these systems have failed us. These thought systems and spiritual systems have failed us. And so uh, we are awakening. This is a massive time, uh, intersection in time where uh, black folks are awakening all over the planet. Um, and we are coming into the realization that we have been giving, uh, given systems that um, are broken religious systems that have been broken, they're beyond our repair. And uh, it's time for us to return. It's time for us to return to African spirituality, to um, our indigenous religious systems. Um, And I'm not an expert in that area, uh, but I will say I do encourage uh, people to explore uh, and to investigate uh, our African ancestors uh, were involved in in building the, the planet's first spiritual systems. And uh, there is a great pow- there's a great power there. And uh, I think during this season, uh, we realized that our systems of spirituality were stolen, they were plagiarized, they were repackaged, and they were sold to us as truth and as, uh, you know as truth, uh, but they were given us. Uh, they gave us um, systems that really uh, had a uh, you know a white face, a European face, and uh, and so uh, we were given a, a god that looked like our oppressors, and so we look outside of ourselves, 
for um, for help, for aid, for assistance. And uh, we were denied the knowledge of our innate divinity. And so I tell people whether you want to return to African spirituality or whether you want to just develop and cultivate black genius. If you want to develop and cultivate your own unique and authentic uh, spiritual practice uh, that is meaningful to you, you are free to do so. And you have a right to do so. And I think that's what's happening in this hour. And yes, I do believe that our ancestors held secrets of spiritual power. I do believe that there is a great freedom and a great liberty in empowering yourself. All right. And not depending on a system of spiritual thought and practice that our oppressors gave to us with the intent not to save us, but with the intent to enslave us mentally. And so we need to really be delivered from those systems. That's number one. But our spiritual weapons, as it relates to spiritual weapons, the first spiritual weapon I would say is knowledge. All right. Knowledge of self, a deep self-love and a deep self-respect we have to return to. Also a knowledge and a proper understanding of our heritage and our cultural history. And also a knowledge and an understanding of our oppressor, who and what our enemy is and knowing who and what our enemy, uh, his history, and uh, what that enemy is capable of doing, okay? Because without right knowledge, our battle is lost, all right? So the second spiritual weapon, I would say, is unity, all right? This is how we're going to combat this oppression and these attacks against us. The second spiritual weapon is unity, the unity of community, the unity of cross-generational unity, the unity between the black man and the black woman, all right? A global and unified perspective of oppression. We need to return to the thinking about uh, more seriously about Pan-Africanism because I think our fight is a global fight and I don't think it's localized. I don't think it's just, you know, we're not isolated in this struggle. And I think that we have a lot to learn from some of our historical leaders that taught us to reach over these oceans, you know, with our brothers and sisters of color in this struggle uh, and work together because if we can unite amongst the nations, the oppressor can be overcome. And so the fourth spiritual weapon, again, is uh, self-mastery. We have to develop a degree of self-mastery. We need discipline. We need to refrain from harmful behaviors and we need a a code of ethics. We need some type of a code of behavior, I think was suggested by Neely Fuller, all right, and some of our um, ancestors um, suggested a code of ethics, a code of behavior uh, that would strengthen us and help us. In other words, you know, let's start with respecting one another. Because if we respect ourselves, we're going to respect one another. How about not speaking negatively, openly about one another? How about not tearing down one another? How about refraining from um, discussions that would tear down the black man or tear down the black woman? No other race does that. You know, why is it that we do that? And so all of these uh, combined efforts, you know, would be weapons for us. And one of the last weapons I want to mention, too, the fifth weapon would be intelligence, a return to black genius, because no matter who or, or where you are in, in the world, all right, intelligence is respected everywhere around the globe. And so I think we need to showcase black genius. We need to cultivate it. We need to support it. Uh, we need to teach our own babies. We need to educate our own. All of these things work together. All right. To for us to help us to combat uh, this onslaught against us, this oppression that is against us in this hour. All right. That was a mouthful. Um, She has 
eloquently broke down the five spiritual weapons that we can use as Africans to fight against the open enemy. So when we come back, I'm going to ask you some questions about religious indoctrination, and we're going to get into your history and your past. We're going to talk about your books, and we're going to talk about a whole lot of other things. So y'all stay tuned. We're going to take a quick commercial break. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and my name is Raheem Shabazz, and I'm here with Dr. Kara Taylor. Peace. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. For the latest in urban gear, come to Franchise Clothing. We're at 901 Roswell Street, Marietta, Georgia, 30060. Again, for the latest hip-hop, urban, and streetwear, come to Franchise Clothing, 901 Roswell Street in Marietta, Georgia. Ask for Sheen Way, and she will help serve your needs. We have everything from Nike, Adidas, Prada. We have purses, everything that you're looking for as far as urban and hip-hop apparel. Again, that's Franchise Clothing, 901 Roswell Street, Marietta, Georgia. Hey Atlanta, have you heard? True Laundry Detergent is now offering free shipping in the Atlanta area. Just text the word TRUE to 404-493-0523 or give us a call. That's 404-493-0523. True Detergent is four times concentrated and perfect for those HE washers. Just one ounce removes dirt, brightens fabrics, and leaves each load with a clean, fresh scent. Best of all, True contains no animal products, and it's safe for sensitive skin. Follow us on social media, True Detergent ATL. Award-winning producer Raheem Shabazz continues the Elementary Genocide documentary series with the School to Prison Pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Kretz Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Okay, we back from our quick commercial break, and we are still right here with Dr. Kara Taylor. And earlier, she was talking about religious indoctrination. And speaking on religious indoctrination, um, we know that we have been subjugated with Christianity, with Islam, and all type of religions that didn't have anything to do with our African spiritual system, or at times it took from our African spiritual systems and they changed the narrative. I understand that at one time you was a pastor of a non-denominational church. Can you tell us how your journey began from you being a pastor to you studying the indigenous African spiritual systems? Yes, I'd be glad to share. 
my story. I um, was in uh, Christian ministry all of my adult life. I um, was raised, um, of course, in the church, my father being a pastor and getting very involved in the church and quote unquote saved at, you know, 16. And um, from there, I went to college and, and met a minister and uh, decided that, you know, we were going to save the world. And so uh, we went into ministry, was pastoring in churches, and then I began to minister as well. And we started our own uh, church from the ground up. Uh, and that that was 20 plus years ago. It was, it was almost 20 years in uh, Christian ministry. And uh, yes, I served as an executive pastor. I taught the Bible, preached. Um, I got a, a master's in psychology, a doctorate in uh, Christian ministry. And uh, I knew that Bible. I still know that Bible inside and out. I taught it. Um, I lectured. I did uh, international conferences, um, local conferences, regional. I had a women's conference that I did annually. Um, traveled all over the world um, and uh, it enjoyed the ride, actually. But as I began to move in midlife, I began to renegotiate really the terms of my life, my relationships, so on and so forth. And uh, I was also working on my first book, which was entitled The Matriarchal Dimension. And I began to study women in scripture, starting from Genesis, you know, all the way throughout the Bible. And that study actually took me to do to into the ancient world, into the realities of the ancient world, women in the ancient world, and um, the early doctrines of the church, um, early Jewish teachings, so on and so forth, because I needed to understand the context uh, in which uh, these uh, misogynistic thought forms began to be created um, as it relates to women. As I began to do that study, it took me to more and more research into the ancient world. And uh, I'm a thorough researcher. You know, I do not do shallow. I don't do Facebook memes. I don't get my research there, you know. And um, uh, as I began to put my book together, a clearer picture of Christian doctrine began to come together for me. And for the first time, really in my adult life, um, I began to do a lot of independent research outside of the Bible because uh, many Christians listening will be familiar with that scripture study uh, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed. And so we were always taught that in, in, in the church. Uh, but we didn't understand what it really meant. It really means to study everything, to study everything. Don't just study the Bible. Don't just limit yourself to the Bible because uh, it is a type of uh, mental enslavement. It is a type of mental programming. And as we know now, it was a way that our oppressors mentally enslaved us. Back to my story, I began to do my research and uh, one thing led to another. And then I wrote a book on my midlife experience as I decided to, you know, move into the second half of my life. I just continued my research. I really began to see that the entire basis of Christianity has been has presented us with many false claims, many inconsistencies, and uh, one of the books that was really important 
to that research was uh, Kersey Gray's book that was written in 1875 entitled The World's 16 Crucified Saviors. And you can get that book on Amazon. And that was one of the key books, as well as the work of Freck and Gandhi, F-R-E-K-E and Gandhi, G-A-N-D-Y. Timothy Freck and Peter Gandhi, I believe it is. And the title is The Jesus Mysteries. These books, as well as the works of uh, Dr. Clark and others, helped to open up my eyes and helped to open up my understanding to the fact that the entire Christ narrative is not original, that it is a borrowed story. It's Borrowed is a nice way of putting it. It's actually plagiarized from a very ancient Egyptian text and the story of, of course, um, Heru. And the story of Osiris set in Heru or Osiris, Horus, Osiris, Isis, and Horus, of course, would be the Roman names. And so, you know, the story is not original. And not only that, um, the story of Heru or Horus, who really, you know, is, 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 is the, the prefigure of Christ, actually, was a mythological tale that was stolen from African people, repackaged and presented to us with a, uh, with a white face, with a European God and Jesus. And once I began to get hold of those facts and was able to digest that, then of course, yeah, I began to realign my thinking and I began, I had to readjust my, my spiritual thought and practice. And we are free people and we're free to do that. You know, we have been been sold some tremendous lies. I always say that this season that we're in now is about the shattering of our illusions. And so uh, we have to accept the fact that most of what we have been taught and most of what we have been told uh, has been a complete lie. We have to face the truth about our institutions, uh, whether that institution would be government, religion, economic systems, educational systems, because all of our educational systems have been pure propaganda. And uh, we have to accept that we have been lied to. We have been deceived. We have been told that this is a democracy. It's not, we're not in a democracy. You know, it's the illusion of inclusion. Okay. And uh, so all of our systems are broken and beyond human repair. And it is time for African American people to wake up. Black folks all over the diaspora are waking up. I get emails from people all over, from all over Africa everywhere, you know, all over the United States, emailing me, asking me questions. Well, what was your transition like? Well, it has been tremendously liberating. You know, I learned a lot about myself. I learned uh, quite a bit about you find out who your real friends are, <laughs> you know, and you, you make priorities and you find out what's important, you know, in your life. I am a free individual and free thinkers and free people are rare. Because most of us are enslaved or indebted to or have soul ties or solical ties to organizations, to doctrines, to a whole bunch of foolishness. I have none of those, none of those. And I am unapologetically who I am and I accept my innate divinity. And I think that is the one thing that uh, this Europeanized or Eurocentric religious indoctrination has, has attempted to do is to rob people of color of who and what they really are, of our black genius, of our innate divinity, and of our of our spiritual power. And that's the first thing that the slave master did. They robbed us of our names, our spiritual heritage, um, our spiritual powers. And we have powers. We have spiritual weapons, but we lost them. We lost our sense of the collective. Uh, we lost our sense of our, our sense of identity. 
we lost all of that uh, when we came to these shores. Yes, we were in physical chains, but the mental chains are even more difficult to break. It's more difficult to break patterns of thought, the shackles that continue to exist, you know, uh, in our minds. All right. But this is a time I really believe we have uh, met this. We have come to this intersection in time, you know, where we're waking up and it's a powerful time and I'm excited to be a part of it. Now, you spoke about your uh, transformation period and how it was a beautiful thing. Now, I know it couldn't have always been a beautiful thing. What was some of the ramifications that you had to go through? I could just imagine, you know, you being this esteemed executive pastor. And after a while, the uh, churchgoers was like, whoa, what's going on? And did they follow suit? Or did you get a backlash? Tell me how that journey went. Well, I was fortunate in that. At the close of my marriage, I was able to remove myself from that situation and I was able to, to move. Um, and I moved, uh, to Georgia, to Atlanta. And so I've been here almost like six years now and I have enjoyed a type of freedom, you know, a type of a new beginning. And I, uh, whatever things were said, you know, um, I was able to process them and move on and able to shut it down. You know, I don't keep people in my life that don't have my same type of energy, um, that if we're not on the same frequency, you know, as they say, energy does not lie. I read energy. Well, we're not on the same frequency. I just shut it down and I keep it moving. And I have kept people who are genuine and who really love me for who I am and not for what I represent and a whole bunch of other foolishness or what I could do for them or, you know, and then I had to get over the fact that, yes, I did a lot of favors for a lot of people over the years. Yes, I was good to a lot of people. But when I didn't, re- you know, get those favors returned, you know, when I made the exit out of my marriage, the exit out of the church world, you know, um, I had to keep it moving. I had to make my peace with it. You know, I, I have been blessed to have been surrounded by loving family and real friends that have had my back regardless. And so for that, I am grateful. All right, let's back up. You spoke about the book. The 16 Different Crucified Saviors, which is a book that I have over there on my massive library. And you also talked about the Jesus Mystery. And those was the books that helped you in your transformation. Okay, what are you currently reading now? Uh, Right now, I'm actually doing a lot of writing. I think the last book that I read was Ancient Futures by Chandler. Okay, yeah, ancient ancient futures, and um, he deals with hermetic law, which is which is a powerful read as well. Um, and so, but I am doing a lot of writing to finish up, you know, my next book, um, which is entitled Spiritual Intelligence. And the book will be a, a really good read for people who are in transition um, out of you know traditional religion and into something more authentic, more meaningful, something uh, in a more autonomous spirituality, or who want to return to African spirituality. When would that book be available? And can you tell us about your previous books and let everybody know where they can go online to get it at or if it's, be able to purchase it in store? Yes. Um, 
I the book Spiritual Intelligence uh, hopefully will be uh, available by the end of 2017. I'm still finishing uh, it up and doing just a little bit more research on it. Uh, my last book, my fourth book, was entitled Audacity. Um, uh, reclaiming yourself in midlife and anybody that's in that midlife process. That's a book that you definitely want to pick up men and women. I deal with uh, spirituality. I deal with sexuality. I deal with relationships. Um, and I just deal with transition in general. So uh, that book has brought life to a lot of people. The books prior to that were books that are, are no longer in print, but those three books had to do with the first one was The Matriarchal Dimension, uh, which was a the background of of it, of course, was a scripture. And then Spiritual Protocol was another one that dealt with scripture. And then the Prophetic Dimension. And the Prophetic Dimension was a book that I wrote when I was in transition. You know, I, I was waking up to a lot of truth and prophecy having to deal with the futuristic vision for this new age that we're moving into. And I outlined a lot of things in that book that are really powerful and still apply now. Um, and if you're interested in any of these books, please go to my website, NkosiWisdom.com. That's N-K-O-S-I Wisdom, W-I-S-D-O-M.com. Or, or you can uh, email me at NkosiWisdom at gmail.com. Also, I'm on Facebook under Kira Taylor. That's K-E-I-R-A Taylor uh, with the Spiritual Intelligence Group on Facebook. We have almost 2,000 members, so check us out there. And then I have a YouTube channel entitled uh, Spiritual Intelligence Channel, and I am there as well uh, with videos. I've done a lot of videos, and I have those up uh, on that channel. So, um, yeah, so we're, you know, we're just getting the message out and letting people know that our African systems of spirituality have been demonized. We are afraid of those systems. We're afraid of uh, spiritual autonomy. In other words, having a authentic, meaningful uh, relationship with God, with spirit outside of religious authority. Um, that has been demonized. But I'm here to say that uh, spirituality is alive and well outside of, you know, traditional mainstream Christianity, Muslim, you know, programming. And uh, those programs really are not working for us anymore because we've evolved beyond them. And now is the time. We're in a great season of awakening and I'm really excited about it. So, uh, you know, holler at me, um, you know, on social media or by email. I'd be glad to hear from you guys. In addition to being an author and an excellent speaker that does numerous lectures, you also do retreats and seminars. Do you have anything upcoming that people should be looking out for or anything in the future that they should know about? Yes, I have a uh, spiritual intelligence webinar that's um, every Sunday. I'm doing it now every Sunday, and uh, that is online. It's an online platform for spiritual and conscious people. Uh, we want to utilize uh, the new technology and utilize the Internet for a, uh, a platform so that people from all over the globe can participate, um, people from Africa, people from as far as way, far away as Norway, people from many different states can come together and share and have a dynamic spiritual exchange and expand consciousness. So without even leaving your home. So check us out. Uh, you can join us there. Go through the Spiritual Intelligence group on Facebook or on my page, Kira Taylor. Um, I have advertisements for it and it's every Sunday at 7 
p.m. And if you email me or if you go to my website, NkosiWisdom.com, you can sign up and uh, just give a donation and uh, just be a part. So I'm, I'm not really interested so much about, you know, making money off this venture. This is about building an online community. And that's something that you certainly want to be a part of. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. And we're going to wrap it up when we come back. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I'm your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I'm still here with Dr. Kira Taylor. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. For the latest in urban gear, come to Franchise Clothing. We're at 901 Roswell Street, Marietta, Georgia, 30060. Again, for the latest hip-hop, urban, and streetwear, come to Franchise Clothing, 901 Roswell Street, in Marietta, Georgia. Ask for Sheen Wei, and she will help serve your needs. We have everything from Nike, Adidas, Prada. We have purses, everything that you're looking for as far as urban and hip-hop apparel. Again, that's Franchise Clothing, 901 Roswell Street, Marietta, Georgia. Hey, Atlanta. Have you heard? True Laundry Detergent is now offering free shipping in the Atlanta area. Just text the word TRUE to 404-493-0523 or give us a call. That's 404 493 0523. True detergent is four times concentrated and perfect for those HE washers. Just one ounce removes dirt, brightens fabrics, and leaves each load with a clean, fresh scent. Best of all, True contains no animal products and it's safe for sensitive skin. Follow us on social media True Detergent ATL. The creators of Elementary Genocide Part 1, The School to Prison Pipeline, and Part 2, The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration present the third installment, Academic Holocaust. Each film produced, directed, and personally funded by writer Raheem Shabazz. Hollywood Chronicles says the documentary Elementary Genocide turns a critical eye towards the dehumanizing educational environment that criminalizes black and brown youth by funneling them from schools to prisons. As the third installment to the critically acclaimed series nears completion, we're looking to our legion of supporters to help us reach the finish line by making a donation today. If you've learned anything, shared any content, or have received any value from the Elementary Genocide brand, you're going to love Elementary Genocide 3, featuring the likes of Kaba Kemi, David Banner, Shahad Razad Ali, Michael M. Hotep, and Professor James Small. To help spread this important message to the masses, visit elementarygenocide.com or search Elementary Genocide 3 on Indiegogo.com and make your contribution today. That's elementarygenocide.com or Indiegogo.com. If you're unable to donate, please share our cause with your family and friends. We are back from our commercial break and we are still sitting here with Dr. Kara Taylor. And we're going to wrap up today's episode. I have one more question for her. But before I get in that question, I definitely want to tell you it was a pleasure for you to come and spend time with us and give us that much-needed knowledge. Um, I'm sure a lot of people 
um, including myself, got a lot out of what you said today. So I just wanted to let you know that. And in closing, I wanted to ask you one more question. And that question was, why do you think we as black people focus more on the physical as opposed to the spiritual? Because I believe that if we get back to that spirituality, that we all will be in a total different place. Um, we, it'll be more harmony. It'll be more peace and it'll be more loving and it won't be as chaotic as it is right now so when situations come along because it's still going to happen you know just because we're spiritual everybody else saying there's still going to be the trumps you know that exist there's still going to be the ultimate right you know with the fake news but i think we'll be able to deal with that better if we focus more on the spiritual so to answer my question uh, to reiterate my question, why do you think we focus more on that physical as opposed to that spiritual? All right. Well, several, several things come to mind. I think that we focus more on the spiritual and not on the physical and not the spiritual as a result of a carefully designed social engineering program that we have uh, fell, fallen victim to. I think our emphasis upon the material or the physical realm over the spiritual is not an African perspective, but it is a Eurocentric perspective. You know, I want to say that the lust after the material realm is entirely a process that has weakened us as a people. Consumerism is an American, a uniquely American enculturational process. Black folks just chasing money is something that uh, we have fallen prey to. We do have to return to uh, spirituality. And the thing is that it's so out of order because the material realm uh, is designed to be subordinate to the spiritual realm. And we have that thing out of order. You know, we, we chase some paper. But if we focus uh, and, and we focus in t- with intention upon spirit, okay, everything that we need, everything that we desire, all right, falls in place for us. So we, we have been disconnected from uh, our, our spiritual power, you know, and, um, you know, one thing about the, the teaching of scripture, it is to be understood symbolically. Um, and it's, it, there are coded messages in scripture that are for us. And most people do understand that. Uh, and so, you know, the scripture does talk about um, you cannot serve God and mammon and mammon being a system of, of financial corruption, you know. And so we find that so many of us have fallen victim and we need to get back to, you know, a rejection of consumerism, you know, a rejection of living life just for the material realm, you know. Christian indoctrination, you know, within the last 20 years, a big Christian teaching had been the gospel of prosperity. And that's something that, you know, I had fallen victim to, you know, the gospel of prosperity, you know, name it, claim it, blab it and grab it. And everybody was chasing that money, chasing that dollar, getting bigger, bigger houses, bigger, bigger cars. And it's nothing wrong with money, but it has to have its proper place, you know, and we cannot sacrifice our spiritual lineage and power, you know, on the altar of consumerism. And it's just out of order and it has weakened us. And I think we'll gain our strength back and our focus back as a people. And we begin to progress when we reject the gods of materialism. That, my sister, was beautifully put. Um, I must confess, I myself have been guilty of chasing that money, trying to get to that bag. And um, I'm going to focus more on being a spiritual person because 
you know, I do get over-consumed at times where I'm just working. I, I'm, I'm trying to get to that money. And I, I, I know I do need to take time off, reflect on myself, get into myself, and, and be able to energize and bring out that God spirit. So once again, I thank you for coming by. We definitely got to do this again. This is Necessary Podcast. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and I'm here with Dr. Kiera, and we say peace. You want to say anything in your last closing words, sister? Peace, and uh, hopefully we'll connect online. Bless you. Award-winning producer Raheem Shabazz continues the Elementary Genocide documentary series with the School to Prison Pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Kretz-Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com.